It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 26th episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. This episode is being recorded on the 5th of June. And today we have got a very big team and a very big show lineup. So in the team, we have, let's start with ladies first. We have Carrie from Live Accessible. Hello, everybody. And thanks for having me again. Then we have Miriam, our podcast regular team. Hello. Hello. That is from the ladies' side. Then from the men's side, we have got Hendrik from South Africa who will be talking about his app later on. Hello. And we have got Pete from the UK. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. And last but not the least, we have got Yannick. Hi, everyone. Nice to be here, too. And we cannot forget our ship captain, that is Warren. Hola, amigos e amigas. Hello, everybody. Hi, Captain. Hi, yeah. Hi, Captain. Hi, hi, Captain. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, uh, Austin. We appreciate you, man. So how is everyone doing today? It sounds to me like everyone is happy. Um, I think all the celebration that's carried on uh, from our last week's uh, episode is kind of reverberating still through and through. And um, I'm glad to see that we are back again in that same spirit, even though Carrie, for some reason, didn't join us. And she'll have to confess her sins later on. Again? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I actually forgot about it. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you see, that's what I mean. But we are forgiven. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, (laughs) Kerry. And so we're talking about low vision today. And hence the reason, though, we really want Kerry to be on here because Kerry is a great low vision user. And so also is our friend Pete uh, from the UK. And so we will have these guys helping us navigate these waters as uh, Austin, Miriam, Yannick, and myself, and Hendrik, we are really not low vision users, are we, guys? Nope, not for me. Not at all, but a colleague of mine is, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm actually totally blind since birth, so I've never (laughs) actually experienced that. Uh, Austin, are you a low vision user? No, I'm not. Okay, because I'm like, well, that would be something that he was hiding away from me and uh, maybe only letting the girls know, but not me. I don't know. (laughs) You never can tell with guys. You know, guys can be funny like that. (laughs) Uh, Austin, do we have any announcements? We don't have any announcements this week, but we have some statistics. So within 160 days of our podcast starting exactly... 160 days, today is the 160th day, we are exactly at 9,000 plays and that is only the audio podcast. I have not even looked, taken a look at a YouTube views, so I don't know how much is that, but we are at 9,000 plays. 
so everyone thanks for listening and share the podcast our uk listeners i would like to thank them because you know us is at the top 45% and uk has increased a lot to 19% so keep the trend up and please share the podcast with your friends but i'm a little disappointed with the indian listeners because our telegram group mailing group and everything else has a large subscriber but india is only at 7% so we need to increase everyone we need to really do something and be in the top so that is the announcements this week and i do want to say congratulations on the youtube channel i i saw that you guys are already at 182 subscribers and it hasn't been that long since you started the youtube channel yeah the youtube channel has only started since about uh, i think i don't even think 2 months yeah so maybe that's actually days. really good um maybe I, 40 days yeah i don't think i gained uh, 182 subscribers in that short of time when i started my youtube channel so good job guys so that is why Thanks. i request everyone to subscribe to the youtube channel and not only subscribe but hit the notification because for those of you who have hit the notification you must have seen there is a lot of extra content on the, on the channel this content may not fit on the podcast or even if it fits on the podcast it will fit at a later date so that's why it is very important to click that notification so that you don't miss out on any extra content thank you so much asim appreciate that uh it's phenomenal seeing where we're going and like you guys said though thanks to you guys who have made us what we are and we really appreciate what you guys are doing so if you haven't subscribed to our youtube channel please make sure you do so that you will be hearing our knuckleheads on there and all that good stuff yeah so that is it from the announcements section and for this week now we will move to the next section which is aimed at our low vision uh, listeners even the totally visually challenged people can listen and gain knowledge but it is um, mostly for the low vision users and that is what are the apps that uh, help them the low vision people what are the apps that they must have in addition to our apps and uh, what are the problems they face while using the phone if anything magnification and all so let warren introduce the session well thank you so much asin we oftentimes kind of forget that we have another group of people with disabilities on there and it's very easy to do to just kind of focus on oneself and not caring about others there but i'm so thankful that we have kerry and pete who are going to be talking about this low vision usage and it's a very important thing because if one has some usable site and could use something like this maybe they are not familiar that there are these options out there that will help them on their android devices and for that reason we're so thankful that we have these guys here to talk about that and then i think that in our app of the week we'll also be talking about hendrix um uh app which is going to be talking to us about is called the, the Uno uh, barcode reader and that will be in our app of the week segment i think i will do a little demonstration on that and then there would be uh in the my android journey segment i think 
Hendrik is also going to tell us a little bit about his Android journey when he got started and all of that. I know he was going to talk about it last week during the celebration, but I told him, hey, hold it off so you could tell us that story today. So I think Hendrik will be telling us that Android journey story today. And then in our Android Basics segment, uh, what do we have there? This will be our low vision. And so if you are looking for what is our Android Basics segment this week, that is our low vision. And so with that, uh, Carrie and Pete, I'll turn this thing over to you guys, and either one of you can go and talk about it, and you guys uh, collaborate between the two of you, see what you see that is similar or what is different for you or whatever, and what advice you could give to our low vision users uh, to help them along with their journeys on Android. We also have my favorite segment of the podcast. That is the fifth episode of the CSR uh, series. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so um, actually, um, the, I have a little question for Pete and Carrie. The, um, it's because you're low vision users. I've never experienced that. So actually, when you get the phone first time, for the first time, um, are there any things that you use as a low vision user? So you can just, use the phone? Are there any resources that you use without needing to install any applications? Um, what stuff are in the, you know, the Android phone actually primarily without you needing to install anything that can help you as a low vision user? So um, with Android, um, at least if, especially for the latest updates, um, I would definitely suggest uh, looking at the accessibility settings, first of all, because there are actually quite a few things um, in that that you can change. First is font size. Everybody knows about font size. You can increase the font size. However, not everybody knows about display size. And that just changes the scaling of your phone and how apps um, appear on your phone. So even if you have the highest font size, if you increase the display size, it'll still make everything, not just the font, but all the buttons, all um, everything on the screen bigger. The Basically the layout of the entire phone will be bigger. So that's what I would um, start with. And then um, there's also magnification, which is what I use a lot. Uh, probably 70% of the time I use magnification. And uh, so there's a couple ways of accessing magnification. Um, so there is the tried and true way, which is the triple tap with one finger. Um, and these are, these are all options you can change. Um, and so you would triple tap on the screen and it would increase, or it's like a Windows magnifier or Zoom text or any screen magnification software that you've uh, probably have tried if you are low vision. Um, and it just basically lets you see part of the screen um, and at a very magnified level. And you can use two fingers to move around the screen. And um, so that would be panning around the screen. And then if you wanted to, you can 
triple tap again with one finger and it will zoom you out. Now there's other ways to do that too. Like if you triple tap and hold with one finger and then if you keep your finger on the screen, this is kind of like a one-handed mode so that you can drag your finger around the screen and it'll follow your finger without having to you know, use two fingers to pan around the screen. And once you let go, it zooms back out. So that's kind of a temporary temporary way to magnify your screen. Um, you also have um, other ways of doing that with uh, the accessibility gesture, which is a two finger swipe up from the bottom of the screen if you have that um, enabled or if you have the navigation bar, there's like an, a little accessibility button at the Usually it's at the bottom right. Some manufacturers, I think they put it on the bottom left for some reason. Um, but for the most part, it's usually at the bottom right. And so you you would tap or do the gesture and then you would tap again um, on the part of the screen where you want to magnify and then it would magnify on that spot. Um, Pete, like what kind of yeah. accessibility features do you do you use? Well, actually, Carrie, they're, they're the main features that I would use. So these these are come baked into the operating system, don't they? So without having to install any special apps or any third-party apps. the um, Also, I like to set um, the system theme to a dark theme. Oh, yes, um, yes. And, and that's kind of a personal thing, isn't it? Some people prefer a dark theme. Some people prefer other, and there's other themes available as well. It and a lot of the modern apps these days that all have their own themes they will look to see what the system theme is and automatically change their theme to match what you have for the system theme. So that's that's good. What's frustrating about that is that sometimes um, apps don't support dark theme. If you do like that light text on a dark background um, and then some apps support it like partially. So like some some of the screens will be uh, dark theme and then some of the screens will be like a light theme. And then um, there's also another feature called invert colors. So it, it um, just basically changes whatever is on the screen to the opposite um, color. So if it was black on white, I'll change it to white on black. Um, and so that's something that I use to get around those apps that, you know, are either partially dark theme or just don't have a dark theme at all. That's a great point, actually. It's something I, I don't often use myself, the, the color invert, but it's such, I mean, you can have it on a shortcut as well, I think, can't you? So if there is a, a yeah. an app that's very bright and it's uncomfortable to look at, just hit the invert and then it swaps everything over. It's like a smart invert feature. But the some of the apps, when you have the um, the font size set high and display size, some of the apps don't lay lay out text very well, so you you, you can find that um, the um, looking at the text like the pump the bottom part of the text might be cut off, or the the end of the word might be cut off, and uh, doesn't happen as often as these days as it used to. It used yes. to be like a really that's, common problem. That's very um, true. And before it used to even like if you had it to the full sizes, sometimes it would smush the two lines together and it doesn't yeah. really do that anymore android has gotten much better with that yeah and but that's where also i think the the app developers kind of need to be aware that people use different font sizes and occasionally when i come across an app that that doesn't obey length or have good um layout for large font sizes i just you know go into the contact us in whatever details they've provided in the play store and send them an email and 
people's developers are so good these days. They're like, you know, they haven't realized and, and very often they'll change it really quickly and put out an update. And they're, they're just pleased to, you know, be made aware that their app wasn't working so well. So, they, they, you know, that's, it's quite a positive experience. You know, they, they turn things around really quickly. Now, do you guys think that maybe that improvement that you guys are talking about is as a result of our, our phone screen sizes or is it due to uh, the improvement of the um, uh, screen technology in general? Which of the two do you think probably has the most contribution to doing with um, uh, making things look better for you guys? I think generally awareness has been raised around the development community to make sure that um, it's important to to make sure that apps and websites are written to be accessible. Um, a lot of developers are more aware of that, and there's lots of um, events these days to to raise awareness. Um, so I think definitely improvements in the Android operating system when they brought in font size changes a few years ago. And then um, a couple of years back, can't quite remember when they brought in display size, so you could make the display size larger. That really made a big difference. That was like a big help. Um, and then you, you kind of have to use the magnification less often because you've got those the large font size and large display size baked in. Funnily enough, that the higher resolution that screens become, quite often that means the default text size just gets smaller and smaller because the screen is uh, so, so uh, sharp and precise and like, you know, like 4K, super high resolution. So, um, and this happened with uh, PC screens as well, that when graphics cards got higher and higher resolution, actually the text on the screen just gets uh, smaller and smaller. So straight away, you're having to increase the magnification size or the font size. Well, what's what's good, uh, like you mentioned, is that we do have the scaling options with the display size and, you know, especially with Windows. I remember getting a new laptop like that. And you re at least uh, what's really good is that Windows actually um, got on board with scaling and still not everything works perfectly with scaling, um, whether it's on Android or Windows, but, you know, it's definitely gotten better. And uh, when it comes to screens, I would definitely say that, like, the improvements that they have made to screens have made a bigger impact um, than, than something like resolution, I think. Like, just if you imagine back when there were, what is it called, CRT or something, screens and <laughs> all of that, um, and LCD screens and um, just things with backlights, they just aren't as good as something like OLED, which is yeah. so has so much more contrast and which is really helpful for somebody with low vision. Yeah, that's a great point because blacks are nice and black, colors are more vibrant. Exactly. Yeah. It just makes everything pop more and easier to see. Now, I got a question right. for you guys. Um, and then, Miriam, you can. And this is probably also building up on the question that Miriam had earlier on. Now, so as a blind person, no, as a low vision user, I should say, you got a new phone and you turn it on, of course. So you're going to enable that accessibility, just like those of us who don't use screen magnification or uh, are not low vision users. And so you definitely would have to turn on that accessibility because um, the screen reader is part and parcel of that uh, low vision use as well. So when you do that, um, then where do you go from here? Is there... 
I know on my phone, there's that accessibility, whatever in there, when you turn it on, when you turn on that, uh, you know, accessibility, so that one could choose whether you want to do a low vision use, right? Is that the experience for you guys? Or you don't turn on uh, the speech part of part at all? I, I don't really use speech that often. I, I find magnification works best for me. Um, it's, it's like a super personal thing, isn't it? Because everybody's vision is different, especially in the area of uh, low vision. Um, but sometimes I'll, if there's a lot of text to use, I'll use uh, speech then, but maybe using something like um, Read Aloud or Immersive Reader in the Microsoft products. Um, I tend to use that sort of speech, kind of the in-app speech as opposed to the... Um, the uh, talkback uh, mechanism, but uh, what? so, but what I'm saying though, so you get a, you got a new phone, and when you got this new phone, um, how do you go about um, enabling that low vision use without bringing up speech? So personally, I actually turn talkback on. Um, because I have to look at my screen quite close, um, it messes with the the light sensor. And um, because they automatically turn on adaptive brightness or auto brightness, um, when I put my face closer to the phone, it just dims the screen and then I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> so I actually end up turning talk back just enough for me to um, turn on magnification and then I turn it off. And then um, from there, I'll like, you know, go ahead and set up the rest of the phone. But that's one frustrating thing. You know, there's a shortcut to turn on talk back. But there's no shortcut like for somebody with low vision who wants to turn on magnification or wants to turn off the auto brightness. Um, like when I was setting up my Pixel 4a 5G, it, there was no um, button that I could check or uncheck to turn off adaptive brightness. And that was really frustrating for me. I had to set up the whole phone first and then I could finally turn off adaptive brightness. So in other words, it's like what I was saying, there's no way for you guys to from the get go, turn on all that low vision use without actually enabling everything, including talk back first. You can, um, if you can see this, the screen. <laughs> oh, okay. So there's actually a place on there that says, you know, turn on, uh, you know, maybe magnification without bringing up um, yes. the accessibility, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So I bring up my phone and for me, I hold down those two volume keys to turn on accessibility, which would actually turn on the screen reader. Now, so for a low vision user, what gesture do they use in turning on that low vision use or is it automatic to where mm. when you're on the setup screen there's a button there that says hey you know if you're a low vision user tap this button to enable that low vision there's use. a button that says accessibility settings and then you you can pick the settings that you want to enable makes sense so actually there's an advantage in samsung phones that um the services you could just um, tell the phone or something like that that you want to to turn magnification on with a shortcut, same as TalkBack. I actually have just checked that it works, and I think that not doesn't exist with most phones that I've seen, other than Samsung phones, which is great for low vision users, I guess. Yeah. 
Does so, I think that what happens when we turn on our accessibility as screen reader users, we find that button that says, you know, accessibility settings. So in other words, uh, that button is there all the time. You know, when you boot up the phone for the first time and all of that, it's just that because we don't see it as screen users, the only time that it becomes visible to us is when we have our talkback or screen reader going on. And so that totally makes sense from the explanation that you've made, uh, Carrie. And, you know, Miriam, I think what you are saying, Samsung has a lot of good stuff going on that sometimes we don't give it enough credit for. And for them to uh, have that, I think that's a great feature. Yeah, it is. So, um, my question is actually uh, to you both, um, Pete and Carrie, uh, as a low vision as low vision user. You know, between all the operating systems that we have now, like uh, I know we we're talking about Android here, but I'm just because you, um, Carrie, talking about Windows and you know also Android as well. So between all the operating systems that we have um, at the moment, do you think? I mean, uh, which one of them is actually um, the best in you know, low vision use for. Oh, that's such a great question. Um, well, I used I, I for the last few years. I was starting to use uh, Linux more and more because I'm um, I, I'm kind of I have a technical background, and uh, at the moment I'm going to university studying computer science. So Linux was kind of like the way to go. You know, some some computer people think you know you've got to you've got to work with Linux, and it's got great benefits. The um, what I would say when it comes to accessibility, um, Linux is okay for magnification, but when it comes to screen readers, there's one called Orca, but like the quality of the voice is so poor, and it's like kind of like a very basic screen reader. I need to be careful because um, I'm not a screen reader user myself, but um, but over the last two or three years, I've found that Microsoft have made so many improvements to Windows 10 uh, magnification and but also in their products, things like Microsoft Edge and uh, in Office, that I found that very often when I um, go to a computer, I'll bo I'll boot it up into Windows rather than Linux. Um, so I'm finding Windows 10 is kind of at the moment like my go-to operating system. I don't know what you use, Carrie. So I definitely tend to go with um, Windows if it's um, PC side and then Android when it's mobile side. Uh, it's just, it's difficult to compare like Windows and Android because they're used for such different things. Um, I, I find that, you know, if I actually want to get a lot of work done or things like that and I want to be more productive, uh, I definitely like having a keyboard much better. And, uh, you know, Android, uh, my phone is more for, I don't know, social media, taking pictures, I, I don't know, like smaller things that aren't as in depth as something you would do on a computer. Um, and it's also something that you can carry around, you know, um, whereas like a computer, I think, might have a lot more accessibility features um, with Windows Magnifier and like you you can change the scaling a lot more. There's much more customizability and, you know, the screen readers on a Windows is definitely probably going to be better than any screen reader, whatever screen reader it is on mobile. Um, and it's could be more efficient, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to carry around a computer everywhere I go. So it, it's, I think it's, they're both really good and for their own purposes. 
Yeah, I would like to agree with you guys because I think that when we talk about that productivity, and I don't care who you are, uh, there's nothing like having a computer is easier to mani uh, manipulate things, and most especially you have that uh, real huge uh, screen real estate for you know low vision user. Uh, you could um, see a, a whole lot more on there that you could ever on a little screen. So that totally makes sense. When it comes to me doing something like, hey, I'm writing like a, a presentation or doing something like that, I'm not going to be going for my mobile. I'll be going to my laptop to do such a thing. So definitely it makes sense to me that that would probably be uh, giving you guys more of a good, uh, better place to work with than it would be on a mobile device. And I've found recently, um, for years, like when I was at work, there was a, a, um, I was given a PC with some software called Supernova on it, and then also, which is like a third-party app, and then also I've used uh, ZoomText, and these are apps that um, like magnify the screen and they'll smooth the font, you know, because the more you magnify them, sometimes you kind of like to start to see the jagged edges on the fonts. But in recent years, uh, the, the built-in magnifier, Windows magnifiers, mm. got so good mm -hmm. um, that I, I tend not to use those third-party products because I know that when I go to any PC, like at work or like at university or something like that, that the built-in features are always going to be there. So I'd rather use those because I know they're going to be there and I know how to use them. Yes, I definitely agree with you, Pete. Um, I used to use um, ZoomText 100% um, mm -hmm. of the time, um, but just with all the recent updates with Windows Magnifier, there are still some a few things that I miss with ZoomText. Like, uh, you know, we have on Windows invert colors, um, and I do miss invert brightness, which keeps the colors the same, but just uh, reverses the how bright things are. Um, so I kind of miss that. Um, but at the same time, Zoom Text and Supernova were just so intensive on the system and yeah. it would just bog everything down. And, you know, a lot of the time... <laughs> It's just so much smoother to use something built into the system, um, and it's just a lot lighter. Yeah, and absolutely. Mm -hmm. Those those apps they, that you mentioned, the Supernova and the ZoomText, they they were like really intrusive, going deep down into Windows, yes. um, and sometimes it'd be quite difficult to install. And but then if you're on a Windows update a few months down the line, then they might break or the whole computer might. And then kind you have crash. to buy the new license because they don't support the new Windows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> um, so for yeah. me, though, I would say that I am a hybrid user because I use magnification. But a lot of the time I do, you know, start JAWS or NVDA. Um, I'm not still not very good at it, but I can 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 use it because, you know, a lot of the time um for me, it, it's just a lot of eye strain. And I do encourage, you know, people who who are low vision, if you're if you're looking so much in on your screen and it's just a struggle, you know, and um, if you're magnifying so much that you can only see a tiny bit of your screen, you know, I still suggest that you you try at least a screen reader and, you know, use both of them if you want to. But um, it, it definitely helps with efficiency. Yeah, 
so so we actually have talked about um the basic things that you just turn on once you get the phone but what are the applications that are in your prior you know prior turn priority list when you get when you just okay this is the first application that i'm gonna install as a low vision user because it's very important um you know on android well i um i used to have a desktop magnifier uh here at home and then also at work which was a separate piece of hardware and like super heavy and expensive like two or three thousand dollars and um, in recent years i found i barely ever switch it on because there's so many apps now available on android you know things like uh, google lookup um, where they'll scan a document for you and then read it back to you um and the one i'm the one i'm using at the moment I've, I've got quite a few installed on my phone, but um, quite like one called, I think it's called Microsoft Lens PDF Scanner. Um, and basically it's, it's, a, it's a document scanning app. Well, it, it'll, it'll kind of like read, it's got like casual mode where it'll read um, just text. You know, you can point it at anything that's got text on it. It'll recognize the text and read it out to you. But also it's quite good as, a, as an actual document scanner. So if you get a letter through the post, or some kind of other document or a magazine, and you know you're not going to be able to read it without putting it either using a very strong magnifying glass or uh, something like that. Then you can just take your phone out. You can you can scan the pages. It's really easy just to scan multiple pages, and then it will uh, save it to the cloud. It will convert it to a Word document or a PDF, and then um, it can, which you can then look on the computer, or you can get it to read it back to you on the phone using uh, Read Aloud or um, Immersive Reader, or you could use uh, TalkBack. So I find, uh, yeah, Microsoft Lens, I, I find quite good, but I don't know if um, a person, uh, an unsighted person would find that an accessible app because I don't think it kind of guides you to move your phone to make sure that you're covering um, the document. I've not found any features like that, but as a low vision user, I find it like a really nice usable app. So that's one of my go-to apps I use. My top app that I use is actually something called WeZoom. And so this is basically a magnification app. So it turns the back camera of your phone into a digital magnifier, like a CCTV or video magnifier. Uh, there's a lot of names for it, but basically it uses the back camera and then you can zoom in and it's, you know, um, before uh, they started making magnification apps or magnifier apps, uh, rather, uh, you know, I used to use a camera um, and just point it at things and then zoom in. And then maybe I'll even triple tap um, if I need to, uh, to be able to see something in the distance. But the problem with using a camera app is that it is meant to take pictures and what that means is the autofocus is always changing, especially if you're moving and especially if you're trying to read a piece of paper, you know, you're going back and forth on the lines and um, it just keeps blurring and then focusing um, even now with the autofocus as they are, uh, it, it still does that because it wants to get like the perfect focus for you to snap a picture, not for you to move around. Um, and so with WeZoom, it's it's one of the 
best things that have happened in my Android life. <laughs> I will say that um, it it has it's it's a very simple interface and it's actually pretty accessible with TalkBack. Um, so you could use it at the same time if you know you use both. And it has a flashlight. It has different color themes so you can use the white on black or black on white or yellow on black or black on yellow or sometimes people like the yellow on blue or blue on yellow and there's quite a few different color filters and you know basically if you've ever tried something that is a separate product as a video magnifier whether it's something like the ruby uh, anything from enhanced vision or freedom scientific or any of the 500 to a thousand plus um, dollar devices uh, maybe you, even two thousand dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for, I'm, I'm talking about the handheld ones uh, you know they <laughs> it'll have pretty much the same functionality and even better you can turn off autofocus you can turn it on or off and you just tap to focus um, if you are in manual focus you can change the brightness you can change the contrast so carrie uh, does that mean that it works in real time like yes. you just move it around and it yes zooms everything exactly okay. and but it's just amazing isn't it how um the technology has changed from having dedicated hardware that takes up half of your desk and is so heavy to try and pick up and move into a different room to now be able to, able to use a smartphone. And and very often these apps are free or maybe there's just a small charge to, you know, like a one-off fee just to pay for the pro features or something like that. But, um, and then you can keep the, keep the phone with you whenever you go. You can be, you know, maybe it's to, if you get, if you're in the supermarket and you want to look at the ingredients on a particular product, or sometimes just to see the price, you know, you're going along the, uh, the, the that looking at the shelves in the supermarket and you're trying to trying to see the price of different products. And if it's sometimes you can get close, close. And if you've got a magnifying glass in your pocket, you can see the price. But then if it's like an item that's down on the bottom shelf, you know, you just can't get to it, but you can sort of hold your phone down close to it and then use an app like, like the one Carrie mentioned and just like take a snap and it'll bring it up and it'll use your color scheme. It's so useful. Exactly. And that is, I, I always find it hard to carry a certain device, you know, an additional device, which is most mm -hmm. of the time pretty huge, um, just for magnification, or even for other purposes, um, for me as a totally blind person. So yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing to find out. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that, Pete, because working with students, uh, you know, most especially some of the girls don't want to be carrying stuff like that. They're kind of embarrassed mm. uh, by it. And so with the introduction of the mobile capabilities, this has changed that behavior because it's just your normal phone. There's nothing to be shy of. And uh, you just pull up your phone and use that magnification, different magnification apps. And I think that has changed the landscape some. And it's a beautiful thing to yes. see that we have these technologies right in our pockets. So you're not carrying a huge uh, monitor, putting it on your mm. desk and hooking it up to this uh, uh, cam and all of that. It's just, I tell you. And I've seen that kids have just flourished uh, from <laughs> oh, wow. that. And they really love using their phone. And, you know, teachers allow them, hey, you can just use it because that's a tool uh, rather than, you know, purchasing these things with the school district, buying it from whoever and all and of that. So, 
And if, if you have a selfie stick as well, you know, like some people like to have a selfie stick for taking selfies and things when they're out, but that can be useful as well in the supermarket because like I say, if it's like a product that's way down and you're trying to, let's say you're looking for, I don't know, a particular kind of soup and they all look, they all look so, very similar, but you know, if your phone is on a selfie stick and you can just sort of point it down, you can sort of see, you know, which is which I got to say, it's not something to do very often, but it's an option, isn't it? It's uh, yes. But, you know, the thing about being embarrassed about using assistive technology, and I've been there, like, almost all my life, I've been super <laughs> embarrassed. But the thing is, we kind of need to turn it around and own it and and, and not be embarrassed, don't we? Like, like yeah, I still, exactly. Yeah, I have, uh, I still carry magnifying glasses with me um, because sometimes it's just quick and easy to use rather than, say, using an app on the phone. And I used to be so embarrassed about it, like, using it in public. And these days... I go to, I, I buy like um, stickers, transfers, things like that off eBay, all kinds of crazy stickers, stick them all over the handle of my magnifying glass. And when I take it out, it's almost like I'm showing it off. I'm saying like, hey, look, I've got this. I'm, you know, you should be jealous because I've got one of these and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. These young girls that, you know, kind of tend to be kind of embarrassed by things like that. And, you know, kids were talking about, you know, kids in either elementary school or middle school and even high yeah. school, you know, you find these uh, girls kind of feeling embarrassed about that. And I kind of like a, a tech guy, you know, teaching them technology, I kind of feel guilty and, you know, making them take these things. And a lot of times I say, okay, I'll take this thing for you, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but then, you know, when the phones came in and we have the ability to use that, that attitude changed real quick. Because, I mean, when I was young, um, I used to be kind of embarrassed of my white cane. And then I'm like, okay, no, I can't. I just can't be like that. <laughs> I can definitely relate, Mar Mariam. I yeah. can definitely relate to that. And, um, yeah, but it's just nice not be having to carry so many things, you know. you Everybody um, has their phone and it's just, you know, it's already built in. And you have all these tools right on your phone and you don't need to have a separate device and and pete like to what you were saying about um using a you know still carrying around a magnifying glass so for me personally uh magnifying glasses don't work mm -hmm. uh, but um wow so you know it's kind of annoying to have to like launch an app or like um use google assistant to launch it or something so actually what i do um, I use something called Button Mapper, and I'm sure <laughs> some of you have used it yeah. or uh, something like that. But I have set it so that if I just press and hold the volume up button, um, it'll just open WeZoom. And so that's how I kind of get around to doing it faster and opening it faster. Because sometimes I use it to to see, okay, where did my son go? So I have to be able to open that thing pretty quickly. <laughs> so I just unlock the phone and then press and hold that and it launches it right away, which is just really helpful. Yeah. This has been so great, guys. Thank you for this wonderful uh, segment on magnification low vision users, which is our focus today, really. And, um, you know, if you guys have any closing remarks about this segment before we move on to the next segment, that would be great. I have one, at least one question uh, for Kerry and Pete, which is a kind of, uh, well, I like to, 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 to ask some, uh, some uh, strange questions. And mine is this. Um, 
I think you guys uh, tried the other side of the of the moon, I could say, uh, meaning uh, Apple devices. And uh, I don't want to, to go into a kind of very very uh, large uh, uh, debate regarding what what is the better. But could you tell us if there are some main differences between uh, Apple magnification system, uh, Apple Zoom? Uh, and uh, Android magnification. Uh, are there is there one which which may be better for for someone who didn't have any phone yet, for example? Or did you have such an experience regarding this? Well, I I used an iPhone last year for about six months uh, because all the time the podcast it was kind of before I discovered this podcast and I, I thought oh. You've got to go for iPhone if you've got a visual impairment because there are so many accessibility features. Um, so I used the magnification built into it, and it's, it's kind of similar to slightly different but similar with Android, and I'm not sure there's a huge difference that I found, but the, the big difference that I found is when I sent the font size to the large font size, I found that actually far fewer third-party apps respected the font size setting so I would I would go into you know some quite mainstream big popular apps, and the font size was still kind of you know tiny because it hadn't picked up my system setting, um, and I was amazed actually that it. So after six months, I kind of gave up. I just it was so difficult to use. Went back to Android, sold my iPhone on eBay, went back to Android, and just as soon as I enabled the large font size and then started installing the third third party apps i just found so many of them you know respected the the setting that i had in my system settings and just displayed fonts in those large fonts so for me as a low vision user using magnification and not not so much speech android was uh is a much better experience that was that was my personal experience so I agree with Pete. Um, with iPhone, you have high, um, a larger variety of font sizes, and you can definitely go much higher than you can on Android. But like Pete said, it's just not super widely supported by third-party apps. And so with Android, you know, um, you might not be able to go as large, but more apps will support that kind of um, font sizing. Um, and with Android also, there are other apps like there's one called Big Font where you, it'll actually change all your system fonts um, and increase it even larger than what's you know, in the accessibility settings. Now, there are some drawbacks to that because you know you're, you're going to get a lot less on the screen and it might like cut off words here and there um but it actually does pretty well especially on android 11 and 12 um and so you could go that route if you really didn't want to use something like magnifier and you know i have used that um i kind of go back and forth um but the thing with and i have made a video about this um with iphone they before at least they used to have screens that were not oled um and with the magnification or what they call zoom there was no one-handed uh function except with the zoom controller which i had a lot of trouble with and you just required a lot more fingers um, when it comes to the gestures, which I 
I was not a fan of. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, when it comes to any other like remarks on um, just low vision in general, I would also recommend people check out different launchers. Uh, so if you have like something like the Pixel launcher, they have different options for how many icons you want on the home screen, whether it's five by five, four by four, three by three, or even two by two. And a lot of different launchers have that like Nova launcher. And uh, well, the, those are the two that I've tried. So I'm sure that, you know, there are others um, out there that will allow you to do that. Oh, and big launcher as well, which is just a simpler way of using um, your your phone, um, whether you're low vision or a senior. And one really cool thing about um, Big Launcher is that there's an option in there that you can press and hold on icons or anything, basically, and it will read it out to you. Uh, so it's like kind of, you don't have to turn on talkback, but it still has that little bit of text-to-speech in case somebody would need that. And um, that that's I think that's pretty much it for low vision that I can think of, unless anybody else has any more questions. Well, thank you so much, guys. I think this has been great. And uh, how about now we transition to our next? And how about we bring in our guest of the week? And that will be Hendrik from South Africa. Hendrik's going to be talking about an app that he wrote, and then I'll be demonstrating that app later. Uh, Hendrik, do you want to talk to us about this app? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Maran and everybody. Yeah, um, see, the Uno Barcode Reader that I wrote, um, I found that Android has a lot of apps in that, but some of the apps do not have the features that I wanted. And I'm very impatient sometimes, so I decided to write my own ones that I can do with and put in the features I need. Um, there is still a lot of work on it, but at this stage, I'll most probably release it only 1st August on Google Play Store for feedback on what... Uh, is needed, what is wanted, any suggestions, like uh, Warren mentioned now also to me earlier, um, when you do the scanning, it picks up the barcode, but it doesn't give you immediately a product name. Um, that is why at the moment you have to look it up on the web or you have to know what you have in your hand so you can type it in and save it to your uh, phone and then when you do it again then it will tell you which product it is um, I'm still looking for a good uh, barcode lookup program to do that with the other thing was with the uh, generating of uh, barcodes itself for using on your own products and that like my sister also told me um, she's got like 10 different the tubs of that looks the same and feels the same, but then you put the stuff in the deep freeze or in the fridge, and after a week you can't remember what is in what which one. Now I've got at this stage I only got four PDF templates on there for different sizes of barcodes. I still want to improve that also. But what I experienced was that if you print a barcode, I want to be able to print anywhere on the 
the sheet because sometimes some of the the, the labels are damaged. Like say, for instance, you got uh, one, two, three, four, five on the top, but somebody pulled off number three. Now you want to don't want to waste everything, so you can choose. Now you want to print on number one, two, three, one, two, four, and five. So, or you can say you want to do seven of the same label or what. There's still a lot of improvement coming, but yeah, at this stage it is working for me and I will be looking for suggestions and people to test it. Uh, so Hendrik, tell us, you know, take us back. You, I mean, you've told us as to why you decided to write this. Now also we understand uh, from our early conversation, earlier conversation, that you are also a blind person like us now. What were some of your challenges, you know, writing this? Because this is not your main work. You have a work that you do, your nine-to-five job, and then you, uh, this is like something you do on the side, just like a pleasure kind of thing. Uh, how difficult is it for you as a blind person to write a program? And uh, what would your advice be to, you know, upcoming aspiring young uh, blind people that would like to get into programming and be able to write apps and things like that? Uh, my biggest thing was because I'm self-taught. I didn't do any uh, courses or anything. So I had to look up everything on the internet and decide on which language to start with. I started with C++, um, but yeah, that is a bit of a difficult language. And then I went over to Java, then I wanted to program for um, machine learning also. So then I found uh, Python. So I did a lot of Python the, um, because I do a lot of TensorFlow with Python. Then I use my Windows 10 machine for that with the WSL, the Linux subsystem that I can open in my command prompt. Um, then it's accessible for me. The biggest problem I sit with is... A lot of stuff on the internet that you learn of is not accessible for blind people. You know, they put in like a graphic there with code on, for example. Yeah. Then you can't read what's on that graphic. So you must try and figure it out or go and find another place where you can get the same information. Same with the YouTube videos and things like that. That They do explain a lot of stuff excellent, but they just start typing. They don't say what they're typing. And there's no manuscript. So, yeah, you have to try and figure out what they're doing or go find find a manuscript in that area and try and figure it out. What I would say to anybody that wants to start programming, doesn't matter if it's for the computer or for a phone or whatever, you must decide which language you want to do. Like I use Flutter and Dart. It's not so difficult, easy compilable, and runs excellent on Android. I haven't tried it on iOS because I'm not an iOS user. But don't go and study now for five years and think you're going to know everything. The problem is there's so many plugins and things. Just get to know your basics, your variables, your for loops, your, your imports, and things like that. Everything else will come, decide what project you want to do and then learn those plugins you want to use because you won't be able to learn all of those plug, all of the plugins available out there. Learn what you want to do and 
start doing it and then learn and read the documentation of the stuff you are going to use. You're going to do much quicker and get much further. I have a question for you, Hendrik. Oh, sorry, Warren. Maybe you had another one. No. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you, which is when trying to develop and when developing applications, and I, I, uh, as I am a developer myself, I was confronted to that situation. There is always a, uh, some uh, uh, somehow uh, when you are uh, you have to write some kind of graphical interfaces, and um, how does it? Does that process when for you when you created your applications uh, regarding the creation of the user interface to make sure that every element is properly placed uh, on the screen and there is no overlapping and and such things? Can you uh, share with us some some ideas about that? No, that's excellent. That's why um, that is why I actually use uh, Flutter and Dart because. Um, if you want something to overlap, you have to write code for it because everything is kind of, they say everything is a widget. So to get the perfect um, graphical user interface, there I lay out the way I want it. And then I will ask somebody afterwards, how does it look? But because I use uh, um, speech, um, I can hear where all my... Um, my widgets are on the screen itself where my buttons is um, the containers for my cameras or um, my at the app bar at the top um, I can I can lay out everything um, I don't have to go and I don't have to go and say I want it three centimeters three millimeters or four pixels I can do that but it's not necessary when you use the widgets and the material uh, widgets, then it places it automatically for you where you want it. And if you need to move it, um, if, because I need to get sighted people just to look at the layout and the coloring and things like that. Um, after they said, no, this doesn't look good. Yeah, maybe move it a bit there. Then I can just refactor that specific part and maybe move it there. Um, there I need sighted help, unfortunately, uh, but most of your widget you can lay out the way you want it without having coordinates. That's very interesting, uh, actually, uh, because it, uh, somehow when, when you are talking about development and uh, application development, and especially mobile application development, it's there is always this kind of user interface in the process, and it's, in, it's kind in the path, and it's not that easy to figure out how to, to, to place things and how to, to arrange uh, widgets and so on. So, so of course, we, we won't go into much detail regarding software development, although it can be a good next uh, in-focus section for another episode. Uh, but still, that's very, um, that's very good to know, and I will be very delighted to to if you can point me some resources to, to start on developing on Android. Well, personally, I looked at React Native. I looked at JavaScript. Um, those ones also, but they all were building switches and bridges that yep. slow down and can bottleneck. What I again found with Flutter, it, it doesn't build the bridges in that. It uses a lot of your hardware 
your native um, code itself, because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff with Gradle and that it converts it to Java. So okay, nice. I would, I would I would go to uh, or Dart itself, but Flutter development. Um, they've got nice stuff on there, and you will see if you know. Um, it's basically if you know C number or one of those languages. Yeah. It's very similar to that. So you'll pick it up very, very quickly if you know your, like I say, your basics, your variables, yeah. your see. and everything like that. Then you'll pick it up like nothing. And you'll see there's so many plugins um, to do with. It's unbelievable. Like Google ML Kit has now also come as a standalone one that I'm doing with the uh, text detection and things like that so your plugins is massively and they're developing every like three months there's a new one out on the upgrades of your flutter <laughs> itself so yeah <laughs> nice wow. thanks a lot for these wow. resources yeah. wow i always find the programming really interesting i really want to get started with it but i still haven't found the right place but i mean you obviously gave me an inspiration to get started so thank you so much for that and i have a question for you i was always wondering how you actually upload um an app to the play store how you get it just ready and then what steps do you take to upload a certain app to the play store and just put it in there for people to install yeah that is the one thing i am self-working on because this will be my first one um, I'm first getting the in South Africa converting to rand from dollars to rand is a bit more, so that's why I'm only releasing releasing um, beginning August because you have to first open a development um, uh, account and then you can upload from there. So you have to break it with Flutter. I'm not sure with the others. Flutter you break it down into bundles for different. Um, platforms of your android like your seven eight nine your 64 bit and those things and then you have to upload it on there you can first send out links to people to test it and or you can but you always have to change your version number but it doesn't look too difficult i tried f droid but yeah that is not for me so yeah i decided not to go to google play store because that is my the one everybody knows in any way. Yeah, that makes sense. So what people do is while developing the apps or while developing ROMs, they test it on emulators, not phones. And these emulators, they mostly don't have talkback or they don't have any way to enable talkback. So did you use any emulators for testing or directly on the phone? I can use emulators. Um, There is actually... Um, on Android Studio, they've got a few nice ones, but because I use the camera with all my programs, um, I have to develop on my phone itself. So, yeah, I have to reboot it a lot to get some of the stuff out of it. But the emulators I can actually use, um, but then I just need somebody um, to activate the talkback for me on the emulator itself. Then I can use it for other development. So there is uh, some um, emulators out there that is accessible, but because mine all use um, camera, um, because most of my stuff I'm going to do is uh, machine learning, 
I use the camera itself and that doesn't work on the emulator. Yeah, as long as you are using some specialized uh, phone hardware like a neural engine or uh, or uh, or a camera or sensors, it's always difficult to use emulators to to simulate things. You can in some ways, but uh, it's it's very limited and s often it still it kind of doesn't work at all. So, uh, <laughs> well, to yeah, my experience, <laughs> that is the truth. Well, good. Thank you so much, um, Hendrik. We'll be coming back to you to give us a little bit of your Android journey story. At this point, we move on to that CSR, which is Miriam's favorite. And Miriam is bringing us another episode of the CSR. Commentary screen reader, or the Chinese screen reader, has gotten really popular among blinds and visually impaired recently. And here, on the Blind Android Users Podcast, we will have a series of episodes in which we will talk about how to use the screen reader and how to get the best out of it. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of CSR's Basics. In this episode, we will be talking about two different things. First thing, we will be going over some, notification from Clubhouse. you know, web browsing stuff and features that are actually, you know, in CSR. But I just want to say that it's, you know, it's, it's as easy as browsing in other web views. I mean, other UIs uh, or even normal um, screens. It's not that difficult. The other part we'll be going over how to download additional resources from CSR servers like extensions, plugins, and um, sound themes. And we'll be mentioning what's the difference between all of them. Um, our main um, concentration or focus today would be on sound themes but i would definitely tell you what plugins and extensions do and um in another episode we will be going over um some really cool plugins and extensions that i think that are pretty good just because um i don't want to make this episode long so we will we won't be you know here talking for hours so let's already go and see um how web browsing works so, Recent I have already on UI Chrome. my browser here. I was Chrome. Blendandroidusers.21.blendandroidusers.com text box. I am on the podcast New. website. Notification from Clubhouse. Blind, 21 open tabs. Tap to switch tabs button. Blendandroidusers website. So, keep in mind that if you are not in the web view, CSR would work as you are in a normal view. Like, if you scroll down. Text box. Text box. Progress bar. Progress bar. List item. List item. Clickable element. Clickable element. Slider. Slider. Character. Character and so on. So it's the normal rotor that you were going to find in any um, screen or, um, or you know, other area other than the uh, web views. Slider. So Click. Progress bar. Text box. Default. And let's see what's the difference between the web view rotor and this rotor. More options. Space. Welcome to Blind Android Users Heading 1. Main menu button. So we're standing here now in the um, website in the main 
Um, so let's see what we have. Title. We have title. Just means hidden. Hidden. Link. Link. Button. Button. Edit box. Edit box. Focusable element. Focusable element. Control. Control. Checkbox. Checkbox. Combo box. Combo box. Form file. Form file. List. List. List item. List item. Scroll. Scroll. View. View. Character. And character. Word. Word. Line. Line. Paragraph. Paragraph. Page. Page. Copy. Copy. Default. And default. So let's, um, for instance, choose headings or title as it's called here and see how that's going to work. Title. Welcome to Blind Android Users Heading 1. Search our latest posts Heading 2. Blind Android Users Podcast Heading 2. Join us on Blind Android Users Club on Clubhouse Heading 2. Meet our team Heading 2. Austin Pinto Heading 5. Miriam Mosen Heading 5. Warren Carr Heading 5. Edward Green Heading 5. Yannick Flashier Heading 5. We value your feedback Heading 2. So, as you can see, we have all the headings that are available on the website. And CSR is pretty... Um, responsive when it comes to that so it you know if you actually uh, focus the ruler on an and edit box or edit boxes it'll just take you to the edit box in the website which it's cool it's amazing when it comes to that um let's for instance talk about links link thanks for joining us on this milestone episode this episode is presented by middle edward green middle Miriam rss link whatsapp link youtube link so as you can tell it also works with links um, let's see if we have any edit boxes here. Button. Edit box. Search. Search text box. As you can see. Name name text box. Email email text box. What do you think about the podcast? What do you think about the pod? What do you think about the hosts? What do you think? What topics would you like to see covered in the podcast? Who would you like to see interviewed in the podcast? Other comments. Other comments. Email text box. And they're over. So it can't. It's just making this sound. So, yes, this is mainly how it works. Also, if you want to copy anything, uh, copying and pasting definitely works the same way um, as any area, other area works. Um, just button, link, title. We're focusing focus on something. Subs- email text box. It's email text box, so we just copy. Copy. Message copied. Message copied. It's pretty easy. Default. Also, New notification from Twitter. The action menu. Subscribe to podcast heading to. And it's going to work that way as well. So it's pretty easy. There's nothing, you know, that difficult about web browsing or anything. And we will definitely be discussing some other advanced stuff um, in the, you know, some upcoming episodes. And now for the most interesting part, um, downloading additional resources from the cloud. Let's go to CSR settings and see how can we configure everything and set everything up before downloading anything from the uh, the cloud. So what we're going to do is go to CSR settings. Um, I'll open the menu. Menu. Extensions. Voice assistant. Extend. Program settings. We'll go to program settings. G-Show Plus. G-Show. 20 million to email 9460 general settings. So the first thing you need to do before actually downloading is sign up for an account. Um, so you would need to go to the user center. Advanced settings, extensions, plug cloud notes, accessibility, user center. User center, yes. User center. So here. Navigate users. Sign up button. You have sign up. Login button. And login. 
if you have uh if you haven't created an account um it's it's technically technically not an account you just fill in a username and it's gonna take you know an id so just type in your username and it, it's gonna work um so for the first time you just we need to sign up button sign up and just type in your username if you did already so and you just reinstall csr or change your phone just login button login and you know put in your username and it's gonna work that way as you can see here more options button username i've already signed up so it's Miriam mawson that's the way it works it's pretty easy there's no password or anything um so yeah i mean <laughs> it works that way and when you do that, sometimes if you have the premium version, you would get some of the things that you've already downloaded um, earlier, redownloaded. It'll ask you if you want to download them again, which is amazing. User Center. So after you actually signed up or logged in or whatever, we'll go to navigate up button. user cloud plugins and tools. Download additional resources. Download additional resources, and it's pretty interesting here. Let's see what we have. Download additional downloaded download it here it's gonna um show you all the things that you've downloaded whether it's um csr version because you could download the latest updates from here as well also it'll show you that extensions plugins the some themes that you've downloaded it's amazing dshow plus here dshow plus it means that you can download the latest updates let's go here dshow plus oh forgive it's arabic because numbers are, are announced in arabic so it's, it's it's gonna just show you the the number i mean the version numbers and everything you can download any pretty much any version that's been uploaded if you want to get back to a, another one um it's not restricted download um, so if you if we press on one of them, download. G show twenty million two hundred ten thousand two hundred seven APK size twenty point nine six MB number of downloads one hundred eighty. G show international twenty million two hundred ten thousand cancel button. It gives you both the internet notification from Clubhouse and all the link. Cancel button and the you know the the um, primary one, the international or the Chinese or the complete one, and you would have the possibility to download any one of them. Pretty easy. I would cancel here because I don't want to download it at the moment. Back and we'd go back. Download home button. Download G Show Plus. Open an app. Open an app. Um, so this is this. These are some um additional gestures and custom stuff that people have actually made for opening a certain app. Let's go in here and see what we have. Open an app. Open. Enter keyword text box. Android, enter keyword text box. Um, enter keyword if you want to search a certain one of them that you know it's here already here. And Echo APK. SBK 1.51 APK. G Show 20 million 200. G Show 20 million. G Show I. G Show I 20 million 200. G Show International. G Show International. G Show APK. You have a lot of stuff here, actually. Sunfree. Open an app. Sunfree 2.0 APK. Um, back button. So, yes, this is. There's not a lot of them. <laughs> I I thought that there was a lot, but no, it's not. Download so, it. Open sound themes. Sound themes, <laughs> and this is amazing. Well, uh, there are thousands of sound themes, like literally. Um, so let's go in here and see what we have. Sound theme. Sound theme. 
Enter keyword text this, box. So uh, this little edit box for searching. So what? Voiceover. So what? A. 225. Asterisk. 225. Asterisk. 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 For SPK. Just, um, you know, keep in mind that there are some of them that are actually created by Chinese developers. So um, they, they won't be pronounced. Come smart soon. Wahed. Or Wahed. Scroll and see um, any, you know, something that's in English. Oh, yes, we have a lot. Ashna, Act 12, Rothard, Accessibility 24, Acoustic Popper Team MP3 RM Richard, Acapotica Revolution Team MP3, Acapotica Team, Chuy Batista, Chuy Batista, Acapotica Team, Acapotica Team MP3 RM Richard, SPK. Different languages, um, Spanish, Chinese, French. So let's actually go to the edit box and type, for instance, voice or over. So it's gonna get text box over. Sound seems. A two TN India theme by DJ. Two I like two hundred. Two enter keyword text box. Jerin of Hario Hamat default. Alura Titania. Show C. Let's type in voice. K. Nine. P. O. U. I. C. D. W. E. Voice. Enter. And let's see. F. Back. Voice text box. Sound themes. Voice text box editing. Delete. New line. So what? So what? App. App. Beautiful voice. Mohammed AMR SPK. Blind tech accessibility. VR protosos. Blind tech accessibility. Gisela produce. And you go down. Gisela produce. And you iPhone voice. iPhone voice. iPhone voice over. Jocelyn Avila SPK. As you can see, the iPhone voice over. iPhone Lazo. So what? Original voice over sound by Samrit Samrit KCSPK. So yes, as you can see, there are the names of the of the developers and everything. Also, you could have you know Shine Plus, um, Talkback. Pretty much every single screen reader with some additional themes that people have created. Um, it's amazing how this thing works. Back button. Let's go back and see English as QWERTY keyboard hidden. Okay, so let's download a certain sound theme and see how that could work. Soundibus Dell voiceover. Soundibus Dell voice. Soundibus voiceover. Sounds voiceover to sell SPK. Soundibus voiceover in video SPK. Okay, I download one of them just randomly. I hope it's good. Let's download this one. Download Soundibus voiceover. Del cancel button. It'll ask you if you want to download. Just give them. Okay button. Okay. Waiting Soundibus voiceover in video S. Import. Soundibus voiceover. Import. Sound cancel button. Import. So Soundibus already... voiceover. It's already downloaded, but it's gonna ask you if you want to import it to the screen reader. I tell him. Okay button. Okay. Resource successfully imported. Resource successfully imported. Navigate up button. And here CSR is gonna take you feedback settings. Automatically to the feedback settings. So you can just um you know, turn your sound theme on. Which is amazing. Um and the earlier versions of the CSR didn't do that. Audible feedback, checkbox checked. Um but we need to go here to Sound theme volume. Sound themes. Sound themes. Sound themes. Sound themes. And also, I'll, I'll actually discuss something in a minute, which is very important as well. Default unchecked. So we have the default sound theme that comes with CSR. So what? Voiceover. Apple Team Original mm -hmm. Team unchecked. Those are that I've downloaded before. Apple Team Original. Burbuja D Samsung unchecked. Shine Plus Team Full unchecked. Soundibus Dell Voiceover. Garage Show unchecked. This is the one that we've just downloaded. Feedback settings. Soundibus Dell Voice. Manage sound. Sound themes. It's. It's the same as um, the one that I've downloaded, but there are some difference in volume. Sound theme, audible feedback, sound, sound themes. Okay. 
Also, here you can edit and adjust your sound theme. What that means is you could change how every sound works. Sound of Estelle voiceover, the Raji show. Customize the sound theme. Yes, you can customize the sound theme. So here you could just hit this button. Sound of Estelle voiceover, exit button. Sound of Estelle voiceover, the Raji. List element, focus zero log. It's gonna give you every single thing that it does with the file that's already selected for it. So let's go to this one. List element, list element. None unchecked. Deep bog uncheck. Click bog uncheck. It goes um, automatically to the folder of the sound theme and you could just choose a certain file. Deep bog. None unchecked. Cancel button. Scroll down bog uncheck. What I would like to have here is a button that could browse the file manager and you could just um, pick a, a file if you want to, you know, customize your uh, the the sound theme with sounds that you already have but what i do is just go to the folder of the sound theme which i'll um talk about in a minute and um just you know paste every sound that i already have if i wanted to customize the sound theme which definitely works so after you just paste the the um sound that you want in the the right path you would find it here back button Oh, this sound theme sounds cool. I'm probably using it. <laughs> All right. So, yes, this is the way it works. It's amazing. Um, you could download every, you know as much sound themes as you want. And the folder that you um you can go to to see every single download. Um, let's go to the file manager and see. Back button. Home button. One UI home. Find it. One UI folder. Samsung. Um, Galaxy, my file, my files, my files, OneDrive, Samsung, SD card, internal storage, one, list, go, internet, frequently, live, download June 5th, books, Paul, download June, best quotes and status, voice record, books, albums, DCIM, May, pictures, May 18, 514. Um, it's most of the times a folder that's not um, pronounced, the name of it, the screen reader doesn't say because it's, it's in Chinese, unfortunately. May 5th. Documents May 11th, May 15th, 9.06 p.m., 16 items. As you can see, it's here. It doesn't say anything. Just announces the date of it and everything. You go to that folder. Go to my file. button. Sounds. Sounds June 5th, 2.36 a.m., 10 items. You'd find sounds. Download. Download June 5th, 2 3rd Labels. Labels June 5th. Notes. Notes May 15th, 9.00. May 9th, 7.02 p.m., 3 items. Pretty much everything that's in the screen reader. So labels June fifth to five labels download June to... download sounds June fifth two thirty six a.m. ten so what wait so what burbuji burbuji sound shine plus teamful here you'd have every single um sound theme in its own folder so you can just edit what you want um scroll up on December seventh two thousand twenty audio scroll down log as you can see here there there are all the files that are available the audio files you can just whether you know replace them or just paste what you want and just edit from there um it won't i mean it, it won't actually object if it's an empathy file or an arc file um it works both ways so yes these are sound themes <laughs> they're pretty easy and um you know pretty flexible to be with i i guess and let's now go and see what else we can download off um, the you know server of CSR. Recent button. One UI home. G Show Plus. 
Clickable element. Back button. Feedback. Vibration feedback. Check. Back button. Sound feed. So as you can see, when we actually got back, it just notification from Clubhouse and recent button. Um, it took us back to the window that we were in, which is cool. Back button. Let's go back into this. Download screen. additional resources. We are in the download additional resources main UI again. Plugins and tools, extensions, prep gesture theme, gesture theme, sound themes. Um, after sound themes, we have gesture theme, gesture themes. So you could download a certain gesture theme that someone has already created. Um, you know, some people's create um, a gesture theme completely the same as the one in Talkback. If you want to use the same gestures, like um, da um, I mean, down and left for going back, um, up and right for the uh, home screen, I guess. You can just download it from here. Grab gesture theme. Grab gesture themes. Um, for a certain app, there are gesture gestures for snap which is only available in the premium subscription extensions extensions plugins and tools plugins and tools audio tutorials there are audio tutorials for you know some people have already created them you could just download them from the server as well download additional resources and it's over so let's go to plugins and tools and we'll find a lot of pretty cool stuff here audio plugins and tools plugins and tools plug enter keyword text box Search. Bakanovel Online, Bakaribu, not Panzer Gaming and XPK, plugins and tools. All but, and Bakanovel Online, Panzer Gaming and XP, plugins and tools. Oh god, I don't know why it's not showing me. Panzer, plugins and tools. Back button. Download, re audio to extensions. Okay, I don't know why it's not, but let's go to extensions and see what we have here as well. Extensions, extend. Off mode, find them screen by Madhash and PPK. A stud rider for Yesu English, good and game. A stud rider for new good. Amazon.ppk, go to Amazon. Adder, Kisera, and Layer, QSIS. Auto run this button. Backup settings, PPK, all settings, backup quick. Backup settings, PPK, backup settle in and accuses Gishuo, Ingress, Ruben, and PP. Battery level, Aphacid, and PPK. There's another, there's a really cool one here. It's called Skip Ad. Uh, what it does is it'll skip YouTube ads automatically. Um, so, you know, you just turn it on and it'll just skip every, when it, you know, comes to the certain timing that you can skip the ad it'll just skip the ad automatically for you which which is amazing but this is something that i really um want to point out if you have the free version of csr you'd need to turn the um plugins and extensions back on after every 24 hours they won't run run all the time just because you know it's available only in the premium subscription the premium subscription they run for you know all the time without you needing to turn them back on or again but in the free after every 24 hours they would just be turned off and you just need to turn them on again um you can do that through going to the menu 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 list browsing read the whole screen voice assistant extensions go to program settings suspend voice feed pro extensions extensions, extensions. Ext skip that v3 by better and just press on the certain extension that you want there's a skip app that i was talking about skip that v3 by better Extensions. Skip that enabled. It's enabled, as you can hear. It said it's enabled already. Backup settings. PPK backup settlement so, and accuses Gishuo, Ingress, Ruben, and PP. That's the way it works. <laughs> there are a lot of actually cool extensions. There are extensions for Shane to envision um, AI. If you have the, you know, if you have it, there are extensions for. So let's see what I have here. For extensions, do I have? Menu. Menu. 
List browsing. Read the whole screen. Voice assistant. Extensions. 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 Skip the V3 button. Share to Envision.ppk. Yeah, this is the share, share to Envision one. Majmoa Adawet. Playstore.ppk. Um, this is the Playstore one. It, um, it updates, it checks for updates and just updates the whole thing. Text recognition by Envision AI in certain applications. Yeah, this is text recognition in certain applications. It just takes you to, you know, directly to Envision AI after taking a screenshot. It's amazing. Cancel button. And those are the the only extensions do I have. Extensions. So yeah, this is the way it works. Um, if you definitely have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. At, um, contact us at blindanduisers.com, and I'll be definitely really glad to answer any questions. Um, I know CSR seems kind of difficult to learn at the beginning, but. It's mainly pretty easy to learn after a certain amount of time. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one and see you next week. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do actually have any questions, do feel free to reach out to me or to the whole podcast at contact us at blindandreadjudges.com. And I hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Mary, we thank you so much for taking your time to do this again. And we have it both on here and as well as on our YouTube channel. So if you're not uh, listening to us here, you could find it on our YouTube channel. And if you are not a YouTube uh, watcher or listener, you can still find it right here. Yes, exactly. There's there's a whole playlist that's just for CSR on our YouTube channel. You can just go there and you find all the episodes that we've just uh, we've created so far. And also, there are some episodes that we pre-uploaded even before the podcast. You know, podcast times. Thank you so much, Miriam. And so now I'll demonstrate a little bit of Hendrix Uno barcode reader. In our app of the week, I'm demonstrating an app by our guest, Hendrik Labe, and this app is called Uno Barcode Reader. The Uno is his dog, and this is named after his dog, so Uno is going to be helping me find my barcode. I have with me a bag of gummy bears, my favorite snack. That's it. So I'm going to be using that to see if I could... Um, scan the barcode. I do want to mention here that this is not yet on the Play Store. However, Hendrik has agreed to share the APK with anyone who's interested, and that APK URL will be available in our show notes for those of you that would like to sideload it onto their device and give it a try and then give him feedback. I would launch the app now and show you the layout of the app, and then we'll test it to see what happens thereafter. Quiver, Team Viewer, and a barcode reader. And a barcode reader. You know barcode reader. When you launch the app, here are the items that we find in the UI. Scan barcode, QR code, scan button. The scan barcode. Generate a new barcode for personal use. Save and print generate button. You could generate a new barcode. Product list showing all saved items. Manipulate options. Edit. Delete. Protect. Product list. Button. This is where all the saved barcode uh, barcodes that you have 
captured will be saved. User guide to explain how to use licenses. User guide button. That's a user guide. Very important that you use this or read this or get familiar with it with the app. About the accessibility suite, other apps in the suite, contact details. About other apps button. So that's the last one, and you can contact him that way, where you could send him email, or you could even give him a call on WhatsApp or whatsoever. Uh, that's where you go about contacting him. Now, I'll go back to the top of the screen or the top of the list and choose the one that we are talking about, and that's scanning a barcode. Scan barcode, QR code, scan button. I'm going to tap here. When you tap, I'm moving away from my mic, so you may not. Add item. Barcode. 0422383025118. Barcode type. Upca. And a barcode reader. Add item. Barcode. So 0422383025118. Barcode type. Upca. And a barcode reader. So it found the barcode and told me the number and all of that. Now, uh, you could see that it did not tell me I have a gummy bears or whatever the case may be. And so now I need to add that since I know that this is gummy bears, I'm going to add it and name it gummy bears or whatever. I save item to device save button. So search the web for the product with the barcode detected search web button. You could search the web. Cancel and go back to scanning screen. Cancel button. Oh, you could cancel. So I'm going to tap on save. Save item to device save button. Space. Resume button. On the barcode reader. Okay. Scan the code. Add item. Barcode. 112-433-66. Barcode type. Ups. On the barcode reader. Item name. Edit box. So here you, you type the name. Showing it. P. Port. Second, search the voice input. Voice input. Search the web for the product with the button. Haribo gummy bears. So I saved it, but then I'm not seeing, um, you know, it, so it automatically probably just saved it. I'm going to go back. Um, I've, I've, I've done that, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go back and see if I have it in my list of items now that I have saved it. Product user guide to product list showing all saved items. Products list. Search the web for the product with. Well, so that would be, though, what it is with this, because it's still oh, in beta. Um, so there are going to be instances that this thing may not work well. But as we could see, it allowed me to capture it and give me the numbers. And I could also have tapped, uh, tapped on the search the web for it or uh, just give it a name since I know what it was. And it presented me with a place to type in the name. For some reason, when I did that, something happened and it didn't show up. But that is how you use the UNO barcode reader. And so if you want to give it a try and give Hendrik a feedback, then find that URL in our show notes and give it a try. Thank you. How about now we go back to our friend Hendrik to now give us a little bit of his Android journey story as we're nearing the closing of this episode. Okay, now I started with actually with the Symbian, but yeah, when it went when I got the first Android phone, I can't even remember when that was. He, I was luckily still to get the Jelly Bean when that was still running. 
Um, yeah, there was some, how would you put it, issues at that stage with the speech and some of the apps on it. And it did not have all of the features I wanted, but also Jelly Bean was very, very slow. So I currently have the Samsung S8. I still want to upgrade. But I'm also a Samsung one, even though they're very expensive. I hear the, the, I'm not sure how you, you, how do you pronounce it, the Huawei or Huawei or that one. So yeah, they're very good also. Um, but nowadays, I won't give my Android phone away for anything else because the amount of apps, even though those days with Jelly Bean also, the amount of apps is much more free and much more available than any other operating system that I know of. If you look at Windows operated phones or iOS. So I I just love my Android. And also Be My Eyes is now also like available for Android. I know before that it was Be Specular that you did with the photo. I found Google, what it was Google Goggles was better for me than Google Lens, my personal opinion. But yeah, now my Android, I haven't tested out 12 or 11 yet, but I I hear good things about it. So I hope it stays that way until I can get there. That's great, Hendrik. It's always a journey, isn't it? We transition uh, from one phone to the next and to the next and to the next. There's no end inside. And with each new phone or whatever, uh, the experience kind of becomes a little bit better and, you know, better as we go along. So your experience sounds just the same like mm-hmm. every other experiences that people have told us about. And so uh, thank you for your little Android journey story there. And uh sounds like you are an Android enthusiast, uh, just like me, uh, not seeing yourself yeah. <laughs> uh, jumping on something else. And so that's a welcome thing. Uh, for me personally, no, being the evangelist. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have to pay for all your apps. Even if you want to pay, you can pay. Um, you got the free apps. You got the free options. A lot of the stuff is cloud based, and unfortunately, there is cost because some of the stuff is hosted in the cloud. But you also have the option of on device that you can with these days phones you can run much more on your devices than in the past. Um, so this, there's a question before we, you know, um, end this or something that I always ask um, people who actually talk about their Android journeys. There's a phone, you know, in the middle of the whole Android thing that you thought that it was your favorite, you know, no matter uh, how many phones you use, no matter um, how, you know, you, you just, had a lot of phones, but you just remember this phone and think that, okay, it was my favorite because it had um, A and B and C. So throughout your whole Android journey, what was your favorite phone ever? The Samsung S4 Mini. Just for some other reason, I love that phone. I still have it. Oh, I, I know that phone. Yeah, a lot of people actually talked about it. It was like, yeah, it was. they said that it was an amazing phone. I've never tried it. But yeah, um, back in like 2015, I guess, or something, it's been there, and there were a lot of people who actually loved it from the bottom. 
It features was excellent for its time, that I must tell you. Yeah, and I guess its price was good as well, you know, for all the features that That's right. Well, thank you so much for that Android journey story. That's been wonderful. Now, if you guys have any closing remarks you want to say about this, then you could jump in and make those comments, or else we'll just have Mr. Pinto close out this episode. Well, I just want to say thank you again for inviting me on here. It was great to hear about uh, your Android journey, Hendrik, and all the work that you've been putting into. And um, just congratulations to the whole Blind Android users team. You guys are doing a great job. And Carrie, Thanks. if people want to reach you, uh, how do they reach you? Sure. Uh, you can find me uh, as Live Accessible on YouTube, as well as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, uh, Clubhouse, uh, Telegram. <laughs> social everywhere. butterfly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or you can also email Carrie at liveaccessible.com. Thank you so much. All right, Mr. Pinto, you want to close this baby up? Yeah, I would like to close this, but before I close, I would like to tell our listeners that all the things discussed today, all the apps and the link to Carrie's uh, channel and club and Instagram, Twitter, everything will be in the show notes. So please read that show notes. And that is very important for today's show. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact us at blindandroidusers.com. To listen to this episode and all the previous episodes, you can visit our website that is blindandroidusers.com. You can also go to YouTube and search for blind Android users. That is not one word. There is space between blind Android and users. And you will get all the podcasts. You will get short segments of each podcast. You will get some extra content and a lot of other things on the channel. You can join us on our mailing list. The email address to do that is blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join us on Telegram, Clubhouse, and Twitter. The links will be in the show notes. And yeah, you can send us your My Android Journey story. If you want to send us a pre-recorded story, or, uh, we would prefer that you come on live, but if uh, for some reason you cannot and you want to send us your story, you could use the contact us at blindandroidusers.com email address. So that is it from the large team today and I hope you have enjoyed this show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much and see you next week. Adios, amigos and amigas. That's my little Espanol there. <laughs> Great, Captain. <laughs> See you next week, guys. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And again, thanks to Kerry, Pete, and Andrik for uh, tuning in today and sharing lots of amazing, interesting things to us. Uh, Pete and Hendrik, a little last goodbye. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show again. Great to be back. And uh, you guys are doing such a great job. And I listen every week. And every week is different and improving. And uh, you're doing great work. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. 
And thanks for you guys for being there and uh, making more Android information available because there's some stuff I actually learned here today. And thank you. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.